and well, he got more points. But I realised it didn't make a difference because if he'd have played against Burnley, it was an irrelevance. Yeah, fair points, I suppose. So the, uh, yeah. If he gets a couple of goals against Burnley. Mm-hmm. What got me was the highest triple captain, um, De Bruyne. Mahrez was vice and Sterling was on as well. So we got 42 points for De Bruyne, 6 for Mahrez, 10 for Sterling, 2 for Aubameyang, 6 for Matt Target, 7 for Tyrone Mings, 11 for Darren, Darren Jesus, 11 for Henderson, um, 6 for Baldock, 5 for Lundstrom. So he'd done what you'd done. And he just thought, oh, well, now I've got a free hit. I'm going to redo my team, base it all around the double game week and try and get a head start. Um, so that will collapse because he's got Grealish Ming's target and they're, they're not going to pick up many points now for the rest of the season. So he's put it all on. I'll have one big week. Well, Grealish, I had Madison in. I took Madison out and put Grealish in to get the double game weekend. And then I'll just... Grealish will probably come out. Um, Grealish is probably the only one that will come out for the transfers for game week 31. I'll probably tra- Depending on who they're playing, I'll probably transfer him out. I'll leave Lodstrom in because he was in anyway. The back, yeah. the rest of the back three. Lundstrom's a shout because he's, he's listed as a defender, but he plays in midfield. Exactly, yeah. So, so it's just the impacts play a little bit more and you get more points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's easy points. Um, but the they problem is a, if they concede. It's when they had Martial as a midfielder when he first came over and they kept playing him up front. Exactly, yeah. And you were like, just getting... Hello. It's like Salah as well. Salah and Manny being midfielders, you're like, hmm. Yeah, exactly. They're just an overpowered, aren't they? Um, so I know we never do this, but I feel like we need to. So hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome. Um, for me personally, there's only one place to start before we get into the the absolute nitty gritty that is the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and that's to say a huge, huge, huge well done um, to Sir Marcus Rashford. Yeah, absolutely. And just before we get going, I think what that young man has done for um, for footballers across the uh, across the the globe as a as an icon, he's used his platform, and as as a personality, he's used his platform. He's used it for good, and I don't think footballers get enough credit when they actually do step out the box and stick their neck on the line. So, fair play to you, kid. Um, he'll never get booed by me. I, I could I could walk in here, find him, tucked up with the missus, and I'll make him a brew. I won't even complain. I'll be like, you finish off, lad. I'll get the kettle on. <laughs> Not sure Rachel would be happy, but you never know. I just think it's fantastic what he's done. Oh, and, yeah. Um, it's... Do you know what? It's it's fantastic to see, but it's actually a shame that it took mm. this, that, if you yeah, get that me. It was needed, yeah, yeah. That, that, this recourse of action was needed. It should have just been a... Yeah, yeah, this is what's needed and the government do it, but it took it took, it took a young footballer in his early twenties to go, This is wrong. And this isn't the only thing he's done. And the thing as well is I think he's not looked for the publicity with it. He was doing loads of things beforehand and then it's not got the traction it it should have, so he's had to take it. No, yeah. it's it's ended up public. Yeah. And you look at the, the results, it's it's absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, we don't have to get into the whole the way they're now acting. Oh, yeah, it's actually like, you know, the, the yeah, government. The political like, fallout of it, yeah. Yeah, the way like, oh, it's fantastic what he's done. And you're like, he's, he's had to do it because of you. Mm. Yeah, I just think he deserves a, uh, a huge pat on the back from the entire footballing community. And I, for one, um, would be extremely proud if I was his mum, um, of, of the young man that I've raised. And equally, someone that if my, my 
Owenson grows up looking at and worshipping, I'd be more than happy with that. More than happy. He's an icon for everyone with a platform. Mm. And to everyone, not just like you're saying people growing up, but people older than him. Mm. Well, you know, I'm older, than, a lot older than him. And, and yeah. I look at him with nothing but admiration and respect. Um, but usually you look at football as early 20s, playing at United on big contracts, you think, Flash Harry. Look mm. at Paul Pogba. And I know I've gone full game soon this year because he's not even played the game yet and I'm lashing into him. But look at Paul Bogba. Oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. I've got my own emoji. I don't really want to play today. Oh, look, I'm in LA doing basketball shoots. And oh, look at me, I've got a stupid haircut. Everyone do the Pogba. Look at my trademark celebration. And then Marcus Rashford just in his lane, doing his best, giving back to his community, giving back to the country and fighting a fight that needs to be fought. You just wouldn't get it out of Paul Pogba. Where is Paul Pogba during all of this? Graeme Sooners, we sat at home absolutely seething, man. Seething. Like me. Leave anyway. Paul, leave Paul alone. We'll come the, away um, from the uh, we'll come away from the the politics and we'll get on with the football, eh, Jack? Oh my god. Someone's excited. Do you want to tell everybody why you're excited right now this minute? What's just happened? Chelsea oh. signed Timo Werner. And that excites you? Officially. Ah. No, no, he's, he's not. not. Good, so why, why is he good enough for Chelsea? If he's not good enough for Liverpool, why are Chelsea taking Liverpool's hand-me-downs? It wouldn't be the first time. Um, the um, Torres, <laughs> Ben Ayoun, Morales. Um, Raul Morales. Well, Champions League winning Raul Morales and Champions yeah, League winning Fernando Torres, so, you know. Um, no, uh, yeah, literally just broke as we started recording. So, obviously, this is yesterday's news if you're listening and you're listening to this. But, um, yeah, I, didn't, I, I was excited when... It first broke through, but I was always apprehensive because yeah. we've yeah we've seen what can happen at times. I mean, look, Tottenham fans thought they were getting William, and you know we know how that went, and you still know might. things like that still still might. Well, apparently he's going to United, so enjoy. Um, but yeah, Timo Werner in for you know the same money we're about to get for Alvaro Morata. Nice bit of transfer business. We've already bought Ziyech in. We've got the rest of the Hazard money to spend, apparently, and whatever um, else we've raised. You know, I think there'll be a lot of... Depending on how the climate looks. Well, you think about it. All those loans you've got out, right? Let's say it's like a €2 million Euro per loan. You've got how many kids out on loan? What was the last number? What's it, like 30 to 30-odd, let's say, ballpark so you, it? So let's say it's €2 million, and Some of them are... I think Pasolich was what was it, six million. Well, we've just fee? sold. We've just sold, sold them as well for fifteen. Yeah, exactly. So if you look at all the loan fees coming in, you, you must be generating about sixty, seventy million a year. Yeah, as revenue on players that you already own. That's madness, a quick mate, it's madness. For those of you who don't know, yeah, the loan market, if you use it right, is a fantastic income, like mm, a stream of income. Yeah, in yeah. the sense of. For example, I think I've said this before, but Michi Bashwai, we signed him for like 30 mil. And everyone, you know, rightly so, he's not really turned up or done much. But we've loaned him out to Dortmund, Valencia and Crystal Palace. We will have made a nice little wedge of that 30 back and then we'll probably sell him to cover the rest. Yeah, we'll probably have to spend on wages. But if you group in that win with everything else, it can balance it out. Like Marco Van Hinkle's just signed a new contract to Chelsea, apparently, so... You know, that's got, well, that's got loan moves written all over it. That's not been announced, but apparently it's going to. That's got loan move, loan move, loan move, loan move. Answer me a quick question. Go on. As a Chelsea fan. Yeah. What is a Van Hinkle? 
um, a Dutch midfielder who was supposed to be the next best thing. Ironically, um, a player I always sign when I start my career on FIFA 20. Why? Because <laughs> he's cheap and he's actually not that bad. No, he's not, but he's just riddled <laughs> with injuries in real life. It's he's just made the biscuits, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, Timo Werner, unbelievable. Um, a lot of people are saying, oh, since he signed for Chelsea, he hasn't scored a goal. And you're like, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> look, I'm sure coming. you're all right with that. I imagine we can transition from this one to another one. He has, for those of you who don't know, for those of you who don't know, and we'll get into the Champions League a little later on, the Champions League is going to be completed in a mini tournament um, in the middle of August. So after all the leagues are finished, they're just going to do a mini tournament, bang. Timo Werner is asked not to be registered in that squad for Red Bull Leipzig so he can come to Chelsea um, basically when their season wraps up. I don't know what the deal is with registering Ziyech and Werner for the Champions League. Um, that kind of hasn't been clarified yet. Some people are saying we can. Some people are saying we can't. I don't really know. I feel, don't get me wrong. If we can, it'd be great. But I don't see us getting through anyway. So it's just amazing that he's like, yeah, he wants to come in, settle in, get the ball rolling. Um, it gives us so many different options. We can play two up front now. Uh, we're going to lose William and Pedro. It is what it is. Um, Pedro is apparently got a contract with Roma and has refused to sign a short-term deal. So he won't stick around for the short term. I'm not that asked. But Werner can play on the left. He can play off the right. He can play up front. We can make it a two. If we qualify for the Champions League, so we're going to be playing like 60 plus games. So you can rotate them. Uh, Giroud staying on. They'll get rid of probably Bashuai now. It's just that it's just all heading in the right direction that the signings make sense, mm. which is what excites me. I keep going back to it and I'm not saying we're going to win the league, but it reminds me of when Jose came in and we assessed the situation the second time and then he went and bought Costa and Fabregas early. You know, they got Ziyech in after January to save some money. They've assessed the situation and gone, we could get him in January for more, but do we really need him? Is he going to make that much of a difference to get us over the line? Or can we save some money and bring him in? They've done that. Now they've signed Timo Werner. I think, you know, they're obviously trying to get Ben Chilwell. I don't know if you've heard this one. Absolute belter. Kieran Tierney to Leicester to open the door for Chilwell to go to Chelsea. Arsenal strike again. Oh my God, that'd be fantastic. So, yeah. You know they're looking at they're looking at solving the problems that need solving immediately. Mm. So we'll see how we do. We obviously play Villa on Sunday, um, who looked all right on Wednesday night, but we'll get into that in a second anyway. But yeah, Chelsea excited, heading in the right direction. Werner's official. I can celebrate now. Good, good. Fair plays, yeah. It's it's a positive move. He's one of the hottest properties in uh, in Europe at the moment. Um, who for me is only going to get better and better. It's an absolute no-brainer. Was it 50 million euros, I think, to Tauten? Yeah, it's something around that. It might be yeah, more. I, so, it's by, I think it's about just under it. But, mate, don't worry about it. He will come good. 24 years of age, already a little bit of a worldie, but will only get better. Um, no, it's a no-brainer for me, mate. It's, it's, it's a good sign, and you're doing things the right way. And I, I like to see that Frank's getting... Getting the players in that he's obviously interested in, or Frank at least is being backed. Um, it would have been an, an absolute crying shit. And this is all ifs and or buts, maybes and stuff. But let's say Lampard came in last year and there was a transfer ban, he couldn't grow the squad, and he had to use the youth, and it hadn't worked. <clears throat> With Abramovich's itchy trigger finger in the past, shall we say, 
Frank yeah. could have been under Frank could have been under the under the spotlight to think, well, you know, is this too big too soon? And you know, didn't really work at that because he never got them promoted, and that was the dream. Is and people would have questioned him as we're now and made up that he's come in as a young English manager and Frank Lampard is one of my favourite players in the Premier League era. Made up that he's coming, he's done well, and um, that he's used youth and he's had to, to be fair, but he's still gone back to that and he's gone, no, this will, this will do. He's brought in Tamori, Rich James, Tammy. We already knew was 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 going to be a, a player, but at least he's given him the, the you know, the run and the, the the chance to go and grab that opportunity. Mason Mount coming through as well. Um, no, I'm made up for him. I am. He's now getting to add those little sprinkles on top of the work that he's put in. So, yeah, I'm I'm very happy for him. I yeah. Uh, we're excited for you for next year. I, I would say that if you continue in this vein, the signs of Werner, ZH, letting the, the Deadwood go, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful too much when I say the Deadwood, but Pedro's a good player, not a great player. Um, William is an absolute waste of space. I have never rated that kid, although he always scores against Everton, but I've never rated that kid. Um, watch them when you played big games and you've been up against like an Arsenal under Wenger and you've been up against um, United, you've been up against Liverpool and William just finds a way to hide unless when he was there, Hazard was doing so much on the left, William could ghost in on the right and just nick something. But he would never push like Hazard would. He never caused the problems Hazard did. And what got me is when Hazard left the first thing William done, I want another 10 shirts. And you were like, mate, concentrate on getting a game every week first. Chill out. Yeah, he shouldn't have got the number 10. Look, I'm not that sad about losing either of them, and I think that says everything. They've been great. They've scored some goals. They've won us games, both of them. Mm. Um, they're not, they're, neither of them are crap, but they're not, they're not, not, they're that, not, they're not elite. They're not like, no, no, no. like, I, like Timo Werner's already come in and I'm going, that excites me. That's an elite player. That excites me. Ziyech, um, the, the jury's out for me on Ziyech. We'll, we'll see, see. Yeah. we'll see, yeah. Um, if they get Chilwell in, I'm happy Chilwell's with that. Chilwell's proven Premier League player. It needs addressing. Mm. But yeah, I think heading in the right direction. Um, the thing with Frank Lampard is I don't think he'll ever get... I can only speak for me personally. I'll never ridicule him. And this is quite an interesting point. I think if Liverpool fans end up with Gerrard, it'll be interesting to see how that pans out as well. Like they're gonna, This was always going to be a free pass this season mm. because of the transfer ban, the fact that he came in, he had to blood the youth in, and it's worked. And like I was saying in the last episode... I'd be a little bit disappointed if we didn't get top four now. We'll see how that pans out. It was always going to be a free hit. Do you know what? I don't think, regardless of what happens, Frank will ever get ridiculed. By, by Chelsea just, fans, maybe not. But no, you but know the, what the British media are like. The British media are going to be all eyes on him next season. Mm. It's going to be, right, let's see how this pans out. More so than Arteta. I don't know. Maybe not more than Solskjaer. Solskjaer's kind of a different... I think Arteta United job rather than Solskjaer. Arteta and Lampard are very similar mm. in terms of the way they've stepped in and they've played their previous and, you know, Arteta's got his Pep Guardiola connections and Lampard's got his Chelsea ties and whatnot. Solskjaer's is a little different, but yeah, I think the jury will be out next season, especially with the signings we're making. And, and rightly so to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to reach for the top and you're going to make big signings, then you have to open yourself up to criticism if it doesn't work and that's just part of the game, I suppose. But I think I think he'll be fine personally. I hope it works out for him anyway. Um, always had a soft spot for Chelsea um, mm-hmm. back in the day when uh, Ed Dehoy was your goalkeeper, and I used to look at the TV and think that scary man is a uh, in goal again. One ugly get him. Good, good keeper though. So Premier League's back. 
No, yes, it is. How was it for you? It was amazing. I enjoyed it. It was um it didn't disappoint. I mean, a no no to kick it off is the most British thing going. But um <laughs> they kind of baited us in with that game before the Man City Arsenal game. I think they knew we were all gonna watch it regardless. Did it. Did but um yeah, I listened to it with no artificial sounds and I really enjoyed it. I tried both. I don't know about you. I flicked back and forth and I went, no, I'm listening to it without. I, I, I like it. Well, I missed the first game because I was coaching, mm-hmm. um, but got home in time for the second game. And yeah, I tried it with both. Uh, I preferred it with, I'll be honest. It felt more, it, it just felt like there was an actual game when you forgot that the fans weren't there. But then as soon as a goal went in, you were like, that's garbage. Because it no, doesn't match. Because yeah. usually the, the camera will pan to fans and you see limbs and players will react to certain yeah. fan shouts or songs or and obviously the players aren't hearing what we're hearing, sat at home. Um, I, I liked it for sitting at home, but as a player, I think it would be weird. Try it. Try it without on Friday. I've done both. I've done both. But see, like, because when, because honestly, it just flows and it was quite nice. But, um, I like this seems really minute, but I like what they've done with the uh, the actual stands, the way they've put the coverings over them. You know, like the banners and stuff. Yeah. It actually so, kind of so you don't weirdly, see the empty seats. It weirdly masks it. Yeah. Man City do do doing that for most of the season, to be honest, oh, when the Jesus. fans are there or not, because they don't really sell out, do they? Arsenal would be made up, they'd be like, Oh wait there, we can cover empty seats. Superb. Don't worry about it. And they'll just have the first ten, twelve rows empty, as they usually do. Small clubs, small clubs. <laughs> the um, yes, you missed the first game. Um, if I'm honest, it wasn't the best. Obviously, we'll get to it in a minute. The big talking point is the only real takeaway from it. Um, it was a big indication of where we are. First of all, have you, I don't know if you've seen. Obviously, the whistle goes and everyone takes the knee. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anyone had an idea it was going to happen, and it was really powerful. Mm. I thought it was really. Yeah, there, was, I thought it was a, there was nothing said about it in the pre-match briefs or anything. Yeah, I think that deserves a bit of attention. That that was a really powerful image, and I think it was like you know they were saying obviously they had the the presenters there and stuff that that game was going to be watched across the world, and then obviously the game after, you know, games going on further down the week. It was just a really powerful image, just mm. unexpected, and yeah, it was nice. It was just nice yeah. to see. I think the fact that it was unexpected drove. Drove the message a little bit more. Mm. Um, as you say, it, it was going to be watched by by millions around the world. So it was an important message to make, and it was the right message to make, obviously. And I think that in not coming out and saying, "Oh, guess what we're doing? Look at us! Make sure you're watching." I think that they actually uh, they didn't cheapen the message. It wasn't such a publicity stunt. It no, just no. looked more organic. Like this needs to be done. We're doing it. Yeah, the whistle goes. Everyone takes the knee, and then it just flowed into the game. And I was like that. That's powerful. But, yeah, the game, like I said, I didn't listen to it with the sound. Um, both teams, look, they looked rusty, like, let's be honest, but that's, I don't think that could be knocked. Um, honestly, I, it, this sounded like I think a draw was a fair result, apart from, obviously, the, the big issue, the which we'll get onto, the fact that there was a goal. Um I think a draw was... If that doesn't happen and it's a draw, I don't think... I think they both walk away and go, right, that's done. We've got this in our heads. We we move on to the next game. Obviously, we play Villa on Sunday. I'm not sure who Sheffield... I think Sheffield United are playing on. 
um, the weekend. But let's get to it. Have you you've seen it? I'm presuming since I need fifty games. So for those of you who don't know, um, ball gets whipped. Whip, uh, ball gets whipped in by Sheffield United player. Um, keeper ends up with it and ends up falling in the net with it into the side netting. You can see from the look on his face, he knows it's gone over. He falls into it and then he comes back out and it gets distributed. And everyone's like, and then the re- everyone looks at the referee. And for those of you who don't know, goal line technology has been around for years. And the referee's got to watch that if the whole ball crosses the line, even if it's a millimeter on the line, it doesn't count. But if the whole ball crosses the line, the watch beeps and it lets him know it's a goal. And it's one of the best things that's ever come into the game because we've all seen games, you know, Frank Lampard's goal against um, Germany. Germany. I remember, I think it was a game between QPR and Hull and the ball had crossed the line by like five metres and it got disallowed. And I was like, you know, that was just before it come in. Rory Carroll when he was at United against um, Tottenham. Yeah. And you're like, mm. so I think it's great. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for it. So it went, it went over. And I remember thinking that's gone over, but it obviously hasn't. That was my first reaction. I went, it's gone over, but it obviously hasn't because otherwise it would have been given. Mm-hmm. It must be on the line by a, a, like a millimeter. Oh. It has to be because it, it literally has to be because otherwise it's being given as a goal. Hawkeye's that spot on, isn't I it? I was like, that, that, that's, like... there's never been an issue with it ever. I think it's been around for like seven years or something. Stupid. 9,000 games they've covered. Uh, well, that's the they say in the tweet, which we'll get to. Yeah. So 9,000 games. So it's been around for a while and it's never had an issue. I was like, it obviously. And we'll see it. They'll do the camera pan down and they'll show it's on the line by, you know, like last season when yeah. I think it's John Stones clears the goal off the line against Liverpool and it's all but a millimetre. Yeah. Then I'm thinking, then I'm starting to think, no, that's gone over. Oh, well, actually, the ball's touching the post. And maybe touching the post is, counts as touching the line, but we've never had this incident before where it's been on a public well, the scale. The line is the same width as the post, isn't well, it? May, and I'm thinking, well, if it touches the line, it's not a goal. If it's touching the post, maybe it's not a goal. Maybe that's something that's in the rules that's never been you know, shown. And, and then I see a clip of his arm between the post and the ball. And I'm like, no, that's over. That's gone in. So there's all this confusion and the game kind of like fizzes out. Now, it goes to halftime. And, every, and it's the big talking point and it's all over Twitter and it's all the talking about at Sky and it's all the talking about online and everyone's going, that's a goal. The referees watch in the changing room at halftime, then buzzers telling them it was a goal. Interesting. So then there's all mixed messages. People are going, we've just been told it's a goal by this. Oh, someone's just come out and said uh, the goal line technology will be working for the second half. da 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 they go out, it ends up running as a nil-nil. And, you know, people aren't happy about it. The, um, obviously, the Hawkeye group, you've seen the statement, didn't you? Mm-hmm. So they came out afterwards and they basically said, whatever this, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But they, they basically said, the match officials did not receive the signal to the watch of the earpiece. The seven cameras located in the stands around the goal area were significantly um, obstructed by the goalkeeper, defender and goalpost. The level of obstruction has never been seen before in over 9,000 matches that the Hawkeye goal line technology system has been in operation. So let's have it right. It wasn't switched on. I don't believe it was, no. If it was switched on, surely it would have seen it. If there's seven cameras... Mm on the goal line that mm. couldn't see it go over 
However, the cameras on Sky and all the different angles we saw on the TV and then other broadcasters that would then put it online could see it. And no, I'm sorry, I'm not having it. I, I, I genuinely believe it's been switched off. Yeah. That's happened. And then people have gone, did you switch? No, I, I wasn't supposed to switch it on. I oh, switched oh. that end on. Are you messing? No, no, no. Oh, wait, what? That doesn't switch both on. Oh, oh. Go, go now, quick. Yeah, and then it switched it on, and then the delay's gone through, and the watch yeah. is gone. Duh, duh, duh. It's caught up, it's gone. Goal, and he's gone. At that point, there's no when way. When the delay goes, when when the delay goes on, and the referee's sat there and he's having his cup of tea at half time, because that's what they do. He's having his cup of tea at half time. He's sat in his room and his watch vibrates, and it goes goal. Surely, at that point, he should go. Shit, there's been a goal scored within the confines of the laws of the game. Therefore. It stands, he gets up, he goes into both dressing rooms, he says, manager's outside, please. And he goes, what's happened is, ball crossed the line, Eric Nyland carried it into the net. It's only just come through as a goal now because they've only just turned it on. I apologise for the mix-up. However, Sheffield United are 1-0 up. Change your team talk, and I'll see you back out there for the second half. A goal is a goal, and if it would have been the other end, I would have been having the same conversation, telling Dean Smith, you've scored a goal, you're 1-0 up, change your team talk. But as it is, Sheffield United have scored, it's 1-0 and then all that they have to do is get a message out to the TV broadcast to say, this is our decision, we hold our hands up, we got it wrong, it's 1-0, game on. Because the goal was scored within the confines of the game. I don't understand that it's that big of an issue. And then it goes to bed at half-time, and at full-time the goal, we had a bit of a jitter, but it's been fixed, and we move on. But as usual, you've got somebody sat there going, yeah, the goal was scored, but um, we're going to do nothing about it. We're going to have your conversations. Football's back. Oh, it was just a belt of the first game and there's technology issues. The um, Yeah, I'm not having it. It it wasn't switched on. No. I don't even know if you can switch it off, but it wasn't, you know, it's not what it's not on. Let's put it that way. There's none of this, oh, the angle wasn't found because of a blockage. I've seen four different angles of it. Yeah. Where are your cameras placed? It's, it, it, I'm, I'm not having it. And plus, no. I thought there was a sensor in the ball. I thought so, there was a chip in the ball and then there was like a laser or something. There is across the goal line inside yeah. the posts. I've seen so them do the that with it. Crosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, there's the. So it must have been turned off because it tracks the chip. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not having it. And and I agree with you. But then I don't even think he's allowed to do that. I don't think it's within the quote unquote laws of the game for him to go. Yeah, turns out I've given it. The other big one that came into play was obviously, which I'm sure people were thrilled about, was um, VAR because it's actually the same passage of play yeah like the ball doesn't go out of play so var could have i just don't know why at any point var didn't go to michael oliver the referee michael when the ball goes out of play just go look at the screen for me do me a favor just go look at the screen for me i think that's gone over goal line technology by the way the fact that they're all not linked together now is ridiculous surely var and goal line technology should be in the same room the um Go look at the screen, just have a look for me. And then he goes, All right, sound blows the whistle, goes over, goes, Do you know what? That's gone over. Goal to um, bring it back. We've seen worse with goal line technology. That'd actually been one of the things where it had gone, That's worked properly. Yeah, where VAR has actually stepped in and done the right thing uh, would make a welcome change to actually see it utilized that way. And you're right in what you're saying. If they're watching the game as intensively as they say they are, then why aren't they getting involved equally? Because of goal line technology. The Lions have probably seen that and thought, I don't have to make a decision. I don't Thankfully. think he did. To be fair, Nobody, I think he did. He may not it. have seen it, 
but he hasn't had to make a decision. So he's sort of probably looked and gone, it's right, watch hasn't gone off. I'll just see it hasn't gone in. Same as us. Mm. As where if there was no goal line technology and it was down to the line, or the line could have looked and gone, we're looking at his body shape. Has he carried that in? Potentially so. Tell you what, we'll go to VAR. Yeah. But the overuse of technology, we've become dependent on it. We trust it that much where we go, well, it can't have been a goal. Well, it was. Yeah. Basically, I'm not buying this statement. I'm not having it. It was switched off. The um, So anyway, it runs out nil-nil, and now Sheffield United are, are rightfully frustrated because that would have been taking them into fifth place into yeah. Europe, above United and Wolves. Uh, Villa are laughing because they've got a point in the, uh, you know, the race for survival. Yeah, an important one as well. A huge point, a huge, I don't want to say undeserved point, but because, like I said, ultimately, I think a draw would have been a fair result, despite the fact the goal scored. Fair enough. But it couldn't have been a better way to work on the Premier League back. A nil-nil with uh, VAR goal-like technology issues. And we are back like it never went away. Aye. The, um, apart, from the, apart from the key thing that's gone away, the fans. Yeah. Just, the fans. just doesn't look real, does it? Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. The coverings on the seats are fantastic and stuff, and you know it gives you an opportunity to put a message out there as a community-based football club, which I'm sure most clubs will do. Um, but yeah, it's just it's sad seeing the stadiums empty. Do you know on a quick one, just because I I want to highlight it. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh no, you were the one who sent it to me um, about the Now TV with Everton. Mm. Yeah, for those of you who don't know there. Um, Everton have partnered up with Sky in the Premier League and now TV. Anyone who's a season ticket holder at Goodison Park will receive an email. I don't know if it'll be from the club or from now TV with two uh, free day pass vouchers. Mm-hmm. So you could just enter that in and watch Sky Sports new- Sky Sports for 24 hours from the point of your activation. So if there's some games on you want to watch that you don't have Sky on, you'll be able to watch two of the Everton games. I mean, the Derby's free on the uh, the weekend anyway, so you wouldn't need it for that one. But no. If there's any other games or any other big days you want to watch, it's just another gesture that I think the club have obviously gone out of their way to organise that because I've not heard that from anyone else. No, and I think it's just another uh, another nice move. The club, yeah. your your club's making a lot of smart moves both on and off the pitch, um, both business wise, uh, playing wise, and um, you know PR wise. So mm. I just think it's another great move, and I think it's just when you mirror someone like Newcastle and Sunderland and West Ham, I keep going back to them, but they are you know. Making decisions in the opposite direction. Yeah, they are. So the second game. Second game, yeah. Um, Man mm. City Arsenal. Obviously, a lot more interesting that game because uh, City mathematically can still win the league, you know, and, and there's always hope. There's always hope. <laughs> Hope's uh, the word. As, as, as an Evertonian, you cling to that more than anything and you get used to it. Um, but no, seriously, um, bigger game because obviously if. If Arsenal, and I tried to hold the laughter in, if Arsenal would have turned up and actually won a game against uh, Man City, yeah, no, hold it back. Um, then Liverpool could have won the title at Goodison Park on Sunday uh, in the Merseyside derby against Everton. Uh, but obviously now City have won, that's, that's impossible. So Everton remain the only team on Merseyside to have won the league at both Anfield and Goodison. So we'll, we'll always have that. Uh, anyway... Uh, yeah, we, at least we've got something. Yeah, do we get an extra trophy for that? I'm not sure, but I claim it anyway. Um, that and the Sport Pager Cup don't ever, ever disrespect a pre-season trophy between Everton and three Kenyan uh, teams. Just don't. We earn that. 
that's worse than the Emirates Cup. It's up the, there. Um, it is up there. But yeah, what I think because it was Man City and it was Arsenal, and because obviously it's still Arteta's maiden season, and he's he's still getting to grips with the job of thoughts. That game would have a lot more interest in it for the neutral anyway. Um, taking away the, the permutations of Liverpool winning the league a couple of games earlier. Um, it was quite interesting to see the, the minute silence beforehand. Um, and it was only then when the penny really dropped for me watching Sky that I forgot that Pep had lost his mum. Yes. He went well, to coronavirus during all of this. A quick to touch upon as well. I had no idea of this. Dean Smith lost his dad. He did, yeah. And they had a... Um, they had a sole um, steward's jacket mm. in a seat up in the stands. I don't, I don't know if it was his seat. I think <clears> it was. I'm not 100% sure. But it was just up there and it was nice. And I thought the same thing, like you're saying with the millet science. I had no idea. And he did an interview and he was talking about it. And I was like, that must be hard. And the same mm. with, same for Pep. Yeah, it must be yeah. difficult. Must be, yeah. So you, you look at the minute silence and you think, oh, that's, that's nice, you know. Because I personally haven't lost anyone close to me to coronavirus. Um, so it's, it's affected... The nation, obviously, you have a, you carry with you a, a certain level of empathy as much as you can do, but it, it doesn't drive home until you're dealing with it. So, for somebody as uh, as high profile as Dean Smith and, and Pep Guardiola are, to have had to have dealt with that and still be told, oh, you know, football's got to get back the intensity of the game, lads, let's get it finished. Um, and then obviously six minutes in, you have um, what's his name, Granit Xhaka, go over on his ankle, and that looked extremely painful, by the way. Because he hit, um, it's, the, it's on the ball as well. It's not even like a collision. No, it's just he's, he's trotting forward and his foot places awkwardly and he goes over. And you could tell as soon as the physio held it and he squoze and you could see Xhaka's reaction. And the physio just looks straight over to the bench, gets on his mic, and you know he's done. Um, that for me looks like um, it's either a ligament tear or it's a break, a fracture. Um, but, he won't play again. He won't play again no, no, in, this he, mini, in this mini whatever we want to call it, end of season. Mini season, yeah. He, he won't play again this season, no, um, unfortunately for him. But Gary never lift the nail on the head. You can do as much training as you want, but the actual movements of to yeah. and throwing and opening joints up and spinning on a penny, they're only match-related. Um, I know Arsenal played a couple of games um, behind closed doors, but they wouldn't have been at any real intensity. Uh, I, I don't... I personally don't think anyone would have been in a, a match intensity. Ask David Louise. I mean, you've seen the clip on online when he flicked the ball over the Brentford players' yeah. head, lost it, and they went and scored. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there wouldn't have been a, a match intensity. It'd just be a run out, and then obviously, bang, straight in Premier League. And City looked jittery for the first 15, 20 minutes. A few sloppy passes, a few lazy runs. But then they seemed to click into the gear, and City just seemed to pull away and get better as the game went out. City could have played for another hour and looked even better, but. Um, Arsenal man, just I don't know, don't know what's going on there. I just think it's it's a big, big job. I think well, let's let's be honest, and we we I'm looking forward to getting to it because we haven't touched on the big issue or the big uh, the star of the show. But um, let's that game would have been a lot closer, and it'd have been a lot more interesting. Actually, it was interesting. What man about? It'd have been a lot more tighter. If uh, you know the main man of the hour, David Luiz, hadn't shown up and just decided to uh, do what the fuck he wanted for not even ninety minutes, how long was he on the pitch? Uh, well, he come on on the twenty fourth, and then he was sent off in the was it seventy fifth? I'll have a look. The um, yeah, ah, oh, I just I love him. He's not changed. Coronavirus hasn't changed him. No, have you seen his interview afterwards? Oh, it's bizarre, isn't it? He's held his hands up. 
Yeah, but it's the way he's like, let's, you know what? We're, for we're, for we're, me, we're getting sidetracked here. Start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Okay, so for anybody who wouldn't have seen it, who, who missed it for whatever reason, um, Arsenal started the better team, looked a little bit a little bit better on in possession, looked a little bit better on the ball, a bit more fluidity to them. Um, and City, you know, took the time getting getting to grips with the pace of the game. Um, and then there was an injury to was it Mary? Yeah, that, uh, Pablo Mari. Yeah, they're um, Pablo Mari, the defender they signed from the one on loan from Fluminense. Yes, from loan with a look to a view to buy. I think it's Fluminense, yeah, yeah. was it? Yeah. yeah. So pulls up, Chase and Mares, and so it looks like an, an Achilles injury. Yeah, so Xhaka gets injured first. Six minutes off. In, yeah. So he goes off, and then Danny Ceballos comes on, who's someone who's on loan for Real Madrid, who has publicly stated he he would rather go back. Yeah. So that's already a situation where you're like, Arsenal have lost a player who's theirs to bring a player on who's publicly said, no, nah, I'm already that bothered. So long term, that's not looking great. Then the guy they've brought in on loan gets injured, mm-hmm. and they have to bring the guy on. Whose contract is running out. <clears throat> and it doesn't seem like they're planning on keeping him, but now they're saying, Arteta saying his opinion on Luis hasn't changed, but didn't say what that opinion was. Exactly. And, so anyway, David Luiz comes on in the 24th minute. Yeah. So they've had two subs in 24 minutes, but you're allowed to make five now. So, you know, yeah. thankfully. De Bruyne plays a beautiful ball through to Sterling, mm. but Luiz reads it and gets his body across. But for me, his body shape's wrong as he's oh, looking to receive. Yeah. But it's easy for me to sit here on the couch, four stone overweight, slamming David Luiz's body shape. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But as a football fan and as a coach, you look at it, and I pull it everything apart. That's just how I operate. And I'm looking at him like, well, when he's put his lead, his lead leg up, his planted foot isn't down fully. So he's got no confidence that he's not going to fall over. So what does he do? He just gets anything on it. The ball hits the top of his thigh, goes over. Raheem reads it well, in behind, smashes it past Leno into the opposite post. Great Sorry, finish. The opposite corner. Great, Great finish. finish. Mm. Leno done really well. Good body shape. Got down early. Made his arms big, but it just went. It was just hit too hard. There was too yeah. much power on it. Goal. And everyone's looking, thinking, "Here's David Luiz. Oh my God, he's made his mistake. It can't get any worse." Well, I think he was slightly unlucky. I I think because it's David Luiz, it got highlighted even more that one. But potentially. But I agree with you. He wasn't. Set, I think he wasn't set correctly, and it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best defending. No, but, but he'd done well to get his body in that in that yeah, channel because the brain had picked the perfect pass, yeah. and I was thinking he's never going to get there. But he got there, and he got something on it. And it, I would always coach that getting something is better than nothing. Yeah, I think, and Sterling's reacted well. I think mm. it gets highlighted more because of who it was. Essentially, so. However, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Doesn't help himself when he. Do gets, they go in? Yeah. They go in. Obviously, one 0 down. Yeah, yeah, changes the, time. the whole. Feel of the game. It's uh, it's not the seventieth minute. It's the forty ninth minute. The um, so four. Sorry, what? Yeah, it's the forty ninth minute. So four minutes Jesus. later. Yeah, I know. I felt it felt a lot longer. As it well. did. Um. So anyway, they come back out. I did watch it. I promise. No, same. <laughs> the um, <laughs> same. It just felt a lot longer. The um, yeah. Four minutes into the second half, he gets sent off and gives away a penalty. Um, in classic fashion. He just reaches over, 
got caught the wrong pulls side. him down. Yeah, it gets caught the wrong side because he can't read the game. Um, reaches his arm over, drags him down. Then they get their feet tangled. He goes down, red card penalty, and you're like, that is. I think he's the. I think I've seen a stat. He's the first player to get subbed on, give away a penalty, and get sent off since 2015. Yes, the uh, the inaugural hat trick. Nobody wants that. No, and I think people are saying that that's his uh, probably his last game for Arsenal because he'll be suspended for three, and then two. is it two? Yeah, non-violence or two. Um, well, that we'll we'll get onto that in a minute anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think it, they, they said last night it was a two-game ban. Yeah, um, they heard it. The, the the thing is though is if you're Arsenal Football Club and the man's out of contract and he's thirty-two years of age now, he's getting on. He's, I mean, they bought him for buttons, eight million from you. It, it, for a player who's won what he's won, it's worth the risk. However, it's not worked out. He's constantly, constantly a risk at Arsenal Football Club. Put a line under it, move on, just let him go. Let him be somebody else's issue and you rebuild. We've, we, Everybody, all football fans, not just Arsenal fans, have been crying out for years for two decent centre-halves and a pivot to six. And the rest of it will come together because all the fringe players aren't that bad at Arsenal and they've got a good youth policy. But centre-halves and a six, a decent six has been the issue. Now, the six they've got now in Guendouzi, I really rate. I like him. He's quick. Yeah. He's quick. He can pass. Doesn't mind throwing himself into a tackle. And he's shouting people. Well, you seen him last night, screaming at people around him when they're not an option going forward and he has to play backwards. He turns around and he screams at his midfielders. Where do you, why aren't you showing? Why are you behind your man? Why aren't you trying to push into that bit of space there in the final third so I can give something to hit. All of this going on, I like Granduzzi. Mustafi, not for me. This Mari, I haven't seen enough of, I'll be honest. David Luiz is not the answer. Socrates is too slow. Um, so I think, again, another rebuild. But they have got, uh, what's his name, out on loan? Well, I was going to say that, yes, yeah, Saliba. Saliba, that's him. So you go, Luiz out, Saliba in. It's simple. No um, brainer, move on. I was, I was trying to make that. Obviously, Arsenal. I was chatting to my mate Dan, who's an Arsenal fan, and he said that um, people have worked out that David Luiz, with his fee, his agent fee, his wages, etc., has cost the club £24 million for this one year, and he's been sent off every 13 games. Jesus. So it's it's like, so that's where you just go, that's, look, I, to, before we go into the rest of the Man City game, the, to dissect Arsenal, They've got a lot that needs to go. You let him go and move on. Um, you need to let Aubameyang go, move on, cash in, move on. It's not worth... It It, it bores me that all you hear about Arsenal is Aubameyang. Happy birthday, Aubameyang, by the way. Oh, is it, it was his birthday. Right. Today. As so. it's being recorded, you guys hopefully will be listening to this Friday on the, uh, the 19th, but on the 18th is his birthday. It's 1031. So he, you sell him, and you get what you can with one year left. You let Ozil go, you let you try and offload Alexis Sanchez. You let Lacazette go. Yeah, no, no, no. Lacazette's a good player, but I think it's done there. I would, if you could turn it round, I'd keep him. But the fact that he's constantly and benched is something else. Pepe, you've got to decide what you're doing with Pepe. You've got to let Luis go. There's a lot of crap there. Big one for me is Azel. Um Get him gone. I mean, if you believe what you read, and you know, I I sometimes do. Um, he's, he's he's apparently on north of two eighty a week, two hundred eighty grand a week. Oh, I I heard it was in like the three fifty range. 
there you go. Well, that's north two eighty. So technically, we're both right. I like that. Um, <laughs> very rare that we're both right. Um, so he's on massive money, which is why he hasn't gone because nobody, nobody is paying what he's asking. He's not good enough on the ball. Fantastic, given time and space, and he looks like a world class player. You take a little bit of space off him if you don't give him time on the ball. He's no use to you. He's just not, he's, he's not going to... He would never play for Pep Guardiola because he won't run for the team. Um, Meza Oto. Meza Oto, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I think just, he, I just I don't mean, think he's I good enough. I mean, he's got one year left on his deal, is that right? Uh, just sell him. Just sell him for it's getting can. him gone. It's getting him gone, though, because no matter where you try and sell him... Let's say, for example, you, you put him out there on transfer market and say, we'll take one mil. The amount of teams that are going to try and sign him are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, I'm on 280, where I am, so what are you going to pay me? And they're all like, well... No, mate, you're not getting that here. And he goes, sound, I'll stay where I am for a year. Um, China. <laughs> um, I, think, I think he's China. I think he's one of the most overrated players ever. Um, that's a spoiler for a future episode. The um, <laughs> So, back to the red card. Mm. We disagree a bit on it. We did you last th- night, yeah? Yeah, you think it's a red card. Mm-hmm. I was... I understand how it's a red card but i was surprised it was a red card right okay Fair enough. and we disagreed in the terms of the advantage yet because it wasn't me... it wasn't malicious kieran tierney goes in and gets booked later on in the game for a tackle on um was it david silver i can't yeah. remember who the tackle was it bernardo silver? It was. I can't remember. there's a tackle he goes in and if he could have hit it at a different angle he could have broke his ankle and he gets a yellow that's way worse than what louise does now i agree he fouls them in the box. It's a penalty. I don't think he did that. When you go past the goalkeeper, for example, and the goalkeeper takes you out, that's denying a goal scoring opportunity because it's an open goal. Like, m- more so. But obviously, the, the triple jeopardy thing can't happen. The I think if David Luiz had pulled him down, he'd have given the penalty and he'd have gone yellow, I'd have, I wouldn't have complained because... Um, who is it he brings down? Is it a quick? Uh, Maris. Maris, sorry. Maris has still got to then get the ball past Leno. Yeah, yeah. From an angle at speed and all that, it's way easier for De Bruyne to get the ball past Leno on a pen. Mm-hmm. So that's a, a, an advantage has been given and the player has been punished as a result. But I understand why he's been given a red because he's the last man. Yeah. And, you know, I, I at one point thought, is that his second yellow? Um. I can see why it's a red, but I don't think I'd have been... I wouldn't have been shocked if it was a yellow. I was more surprised it was a red. Fair enough. I was surprised initially with it being a red. However, I agree with it being a red um, in terms of probably done Arsenal a favour with them not being on the pitch. I'm just playing with 10 men, to be honest. Uh, no, seriously. Um, it's just, it's just, it's I, just, I agree with it being uh, a red because, from, yeah, that angle is more difficult to score from. And, yeah, Leno was a quality keeper, especially in one-on-ones. Um but I still think he's denying that goal-scoring opportunity. I still think for Maris to be anywhere in the box with just to keep it to beat, it's a goal-scoring opportunity because he can finish from ridiculous angles that we've seen from his time at Leicester and when he's been at City. Um, it was Anthony Taylor, wasn't it, who sent him off? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I believe it was a red card. Yeah, I think he sent him off for the right reasons. Um, did it spoil the game? No, not really, because the man was an absolute calamity when he was on the pitch. Um Probably just changed Arsenal's shape a little bit, but Arsenal didn't miss him at all and won't miss him 
I think it. I, I for me, I think it seals it for um, Arteta and Arsenal. I think it kind of. It's almost like. I mean, look, he may come back and play, and then go. He may stay for another year. Yeah. But I think but it, a, 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 that, it feels a, like a, 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 there's no way they can go. Well, look what happened to me. You know. I think it feels like a stopgap. So yeah, yeah, not exactly. A, not yeah. A, well, he's a, sorry, he's a stopgap. I feel he's like stopgap, that's especially the... if this guy they've got in on loan is injured for the remainder. They might say to David Lees, "Well, I'll tell you what, finish out your career here and then move on." Blah blah blah. But yeah, it's 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 a perfect excuse for anybody at Arsenal to now go. Well, you know, getting set up of thirteen games now. Nah, mate, see you later. I, Jamie Carragher said after the game, and it's funny because it's what I, I we, we've said too. Is he played his best under Conte in that three? Yeah, and you know, Carragher touched on how he had Cahill and Aspilicueta, and he was told to just sit and be disciplined. And we said that he had the wing backs and Kante and those two covering him. Yeah, so he's basically been babysat. Yeah, he's had his hand held. Um, he's been quite lucky in respects of what he's got around him and a system that suits him. Um, you've said it for years because obviously he was at Chelsea before he was at Arsenal. And you've said it for years as. As part of a four, he's a liability, but if you play him as part of a three with the two wing backs and a decent pivot in front of him, he gets away with murder. See the thing the thing for me is with that is, and I don't I don't touch on this bit enough. If with that with that take that five or that six that we played with Conte, because you bring Kante in, Alonso was amazing. Moses had the best game of season of his life. Kante's Kante. Kale had an unbelievable season. Aspilicueta had an unbelievable season. I wouldn't say David Luiz had an unbelievable season. And you could replace David Luiz with anyone else. And the system operates in exactly the same way, I believe. I think Kale and Aspilicueta played it well. Uh, the wingbacks and Kante, I think, not going to be the only players in the world. But I, th- I would have been more like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work if we change that out for someone else. Mm. Um David Luiz, you could have put anyone in there. You could have put Christensen in there. They brought Nathan Ake back at one point in January to the end season. He played there. You could have brought Kurt Zuma back from um, Stoke or Everton, wherever he was at the time. He could have played there. Mm. Like I, I honestly don't think. I think he's had a very lucky career. He's got I to be himself. Good, he's got yeah. to be a good player to a certain point because yes. obviously you don't well, get he, to that level if you can't. The accolades he's won, do you know what I mean? But he's I won them off his own merits. I th- well, I think he's. I think him coming back to Chelsea the second time was because I was surprised when we bought him again. That was bizarre. But I think it was a there's nothing. It was dead. Look, it was deadline day, which always shows it. I think it was a we don't have. We need another centre back. We don't like. I don't think they should have loaned out Ake and they should have just kept him. And I think they'd have kept him. They wouldn't have bought. Do you know what I mean? When they brought him back in January because of injuries and that. And basically, I think they brought Louise back in because there was no one else out there. He knew the club. They knew they could get him on a, quote-unquote, cheap. Um, and it was like, right, get him in, and we'll see where it goes. And it was only three years. But he had that one, quote-unquote, good year. Then he had a fallout. Mm. Then he was whatever he was last year. And then he's clearly been told the door. Oh, he's, 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 he, was, he was told to go at Chelsea under Lampard. And everyone kind of raised eyebrows. And I think you'd look now, he's nowhere near as good as Tamori, Zuma, Rudiger or Christensen or Aspilicueta. No, I agree with you. And if Arsenal want to get back to that level, people like that have got to go. You've got to stop having conversations about Meza Ozil. I mean, look, Meza Ozil wasn't in the squad. And uh, people were like, oh, you know, the world's back in motion. You know, the world has fallen to pieces. 
but the one constant is Meza Ozil has been spoken about. He's got to go. Aubameyang's got to go. Stop the conversations about, well, they won't, they? Yeah. It's, it, seems like, it seems like at, at Arsenal Football Club particularly, there's always a conversation. As you're saying, there's always a, oh, well, you know, what if the next man, which, which was Unai Emery at the time, can get a tune out of Ozil? And what if, what if the next man can get a tune out of the centre-backs? And it gets to a point where somebody needs to say, stop, this is shit. Stop Be being laughed at. Stop being laughed at by the rest of the league for being this fallen giant and sitting mid-table with the money that you've spent and the stadium and the inf- and, and the infrastructure that you've got and the the calibre of manager that you're trying to bring in. Stop being laughed at. Draw the line under it. Go out and sign. Clever signings. Kieran Tierney was a good signing. Yes. Yeah. I like him. I'd have taken Two- him. Good centre-halves in with them. And I'm not talking about world-class. I mean solid to start your base with. Bernd Leno, quality goalkeeper. William Saliba, as we've spoken in previous episodes, they bought him and left him there. And that was probably to get a cheaper deal. But he could come in and go first on the list. Yes, easily. So, as a club of Arsenal's stature and size, why are you going out there thinking, well, we'll save a little bit of money and leave him there for a year? You can't afford to stagnate in the Premier League. You cannot afford to take a year off and think, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that next season. Look at Arsenal now. Compared to where they could have been if had they have started with a stronger defensive base. If you look at you look at Manchester City and they bought a load of they bought a load of like high quote unquote high profile players on a lot of money, like Adebayo and Rocky Santa Cruz and Carlos Tevez really quickly mm. to, to get up there. And then they yeah, yeah. suffered the consequences of having them by having to ship them out. Mm-hmm. And pay their wages. Now they seem to be more on track with who they buy and who they sell. Liverpool, when they dropped off, had no plan, and it looked like, and it was all over the shop, wasn't it? And then they kind of get there, and, and then they're they're now back on track. Mm-hmm. Chelsea feel like they're on track. Man United seem like they've cut all that crap out of just we're buying Di Maria, we're buying Schweinsteiger. Oh, Ibra can come yeah. in for a bit because oh no, that's not worked. Okay, get you know Paul back. It Paul Pogba, look, you know they seem to be. A little bit smarter. More, yeah, a little bit we more. We need to create a feel there. We're going to get Bruno Fernandes. We yeah. need the centre half. We're going to pay big and we'll get Harry Maguire. And yeah. that's us for the next eight years. And we'll just we'll plan now for the next yeah. eight, ten years. Arsenal just keeps seeming seem yeah. to throw big money they at need, They need to just go, players. like you said, someone needs to walk in and go, it, there's a proven track record when you switch on and get a plan in place. None of you ever. We spoke about it last week about West Ham not having a plan, um, Tottenham not having a plan, Everton now have a plan. Like, it seems to be like, like I was saying at the start, on and off the pitch. It's so simple, though. You've got to have a plan. And they, you know, I don't know about you, and I know it's easier to say now that he's gone, but when they got Emery in to replace Wenger, I was like, this was never the plan. The plan was never to get Unai Emery. Wenger went. They didn't plan for anyone coming in. I think they had the arrogance of, people will come to us. We'll just pick the best. Like, they'd get everyone knocking at the door with their CV going, and they could go, we'll have you. We'll have the best one. We'll have Carlo. Do you know what I mean? We'll have Pep. We'll have um, Allegri. We'll have whoever. And no one did that. And they ended up with Unai Emery. Because the smart thing would have been to go, Wenger's done. We've done his big parade. We already know who's coming in, but we won't say anything. Well, Wenger give it, gave give them enough notice. Yeah, but this is Wenger the gave them enough notice to put a plan in place. And they refused to put the plan in place. And they've suffered the consequences. Exactly. And for, for anybody who's ever been involved in any sort of management... In hiring and firing people and, and managing teams, as, as me and you both have, 
uh, instantly, including football business. The, the fact that they're both married and football is a business. We said this you last week. You have to. You have to run it as a business. You have to have a plan. Yeah, 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 exactly. You have to get the best in place that you can at the top and then trust them to follow that process through and allow them the growth and and almost the freedom to go and express themselves on the team so that the team gets the best out of each other. At Arsenal, they still look rudderless. Mikel Arteta was a fantastic footballer. He was great at Everton. He was great at Arsenal. I really liked him. He's done really well under Pep Guardiola in terms of Pep trusts, trusted him um, and, and gave him his blessings to go, yeah, he's ready. Go and do the Arsenal job. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was watching him yesterday. He's asking things of his players on the sideline and he looks exasperated, almost as if, I know what I want you to do, but no one's fucking doing it. No yeah. one's doing it. Uh, uh, playing a Bamiyang wide left, why? Because he's quick. He's a striker, playing centrally. Don't get me wrong, Nketi is a good footballer and probably will come good. But you keep shoehorning a Bamiyang wide, thinking that you're clever in terms of, well, he's fast, so I'll put him up against the fullback. He can cut across the centre-half, play him up against two centre-halves, Three football, three footballs, three balls got sent through the middle early yesterday at Garcia and Laporte. And Gary Neville touched on it perfectly. Garcia's right footed, Laporte's left footed, so they naturally drift apart and there's a gap. And then Ketia got through three times. And Ketia's quick, Aubameyang's quicker. Had he been in that position, he'd have probably got shots away. Incidentally, Arsenal last night didn't register a single shot on target. Not a single one. Which is telling. Like, Which is telling. So why not put your quickest player up against their centre-backs and say, well, he's quicker than them. If we're going to play long balls, if we're going to look to play in between channels, this is how we're going to do it. You're playing from the left. For me, it's a tactical mistake. And all right, yeah, Mikel Arteta's vastly more experienced than I am. However, I still believe in play, playing your best players in the best positions. The Bamiyang's always been a striker. Or if he's played in a three, he has played left. But the three that he played last night didn't look like there was any cohesion or there was any rhythm or rhyme to that three. I would have played him through the centre. I would have said, right, if we're going to play balls through the centre, I want my quickest player up against their centre-halves. The other thing is, maybe he was making a point. <sighs> maybe so, but... He leaves, he plays Aubameyang there, Lacazette gets left on the bench, their record signing in Nicolas Pepe, which, incidentally, again, is more than Man City have ever paid for a player. Um... Well, Arsenal get away with it. Well, 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 City just get a dog's life. The, City get um, a dog's life for spending money. The, see, I want to tr- transition onto that in a minute. Phil Foden, you know, I want to come back to him in terms of them spending money and they get a dog's life for him as well. But Arsenal, there needs to be a plan in the place. Look, they might, I think I think they actually have the right man in place to a certain extent. I think he's... I can't sit here as a Chelsea fan and say he's unproven because... Frank Lampard's unproven. But if what you hear coming out of Man City is true, and you've heard Aguero in the lockdown apparently saying, um, and a few others apparently saying, that when he left, it was kind of, that's why they went on that bit of that bad run, because he was the, I don't, I don't know if the glue's the right word, but uh, Arteta was walking around g and everyone up. You know, he was the so link between... Manager. But he was the link between them and Guardiola in the sense of he's Ingo and Nate, you know, but, but, but like... You know, good cop, bad cop. They had that kind of like back and forth, maybe. But I think I don't trust the Arsenal owners. We've we've discussed it before. It, you see where that goes. If if he's allowed to keep what he sells, he's got to. They've got to get rid of a lot of deadwood, and then they've got to build. I think I think it was telling the fact that Eddie and Ketia um, 
Reese Nelson, uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, and a few others were all on that pitch or came on. Yeah. I think they've got to build from there. The, I will go into it now, Phil Foden. What's your thoughts on him? Obviously, he grabs the third goal yesterday. He comes on. What's your thoughts on him? I really rate him. Um, Pep goes on that he's one of the most gifted players he's ever worked with, but he still limits his game time. That said, looking at the season, the way it's gone, um, City aren't going to win the league. Um, I don't think City are going to fall away from second either. And that's no disrespect to Chelsea, by the way, or Leicester. No, no, but, I don't. Um, Second place is theirs. Um, it's David Silva's last season. It's a swan song, isn't it? It is. It's a swan, and I don't think Pep wants to take anything away from him. It's going to be a crying shame that David Silva's last game for City isn't in front of his fans. However, it might be a Champions League final. Well, it might be. You because never I am putting serious you never you never bank know. on them. Um, but I think if it wasn't David, if David Silva wasn't there or it wasn't his last season, Phil Foden will probably play the remainder of the games running in. Um yeah, I really rate him. I like him. Um, I think he's got a good attitude about him in terms of when he does get on, he listens to everyone around him. It's not that he's quite easily led. He's just, when De Bruyne tells him to do something, you can see he's, like, he's hanging on every word. Same with David Silva, Bernardo mm. Silva, when they're speaking to him. Same with Pep when he's doing his warm-up and his, his team talk beforehand. It just looks like he's soaking everything in. I, I, I like him. Um, is he the finished article? No. Uh, is he going to get better? Probably, but time will tell. I I really like him. I think I'm not saying I'm not saying you do, but City get a dog's life for not playing Foden a lot. Yeah, he's got Bernardo Silva, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne okay, in front of him. Ilkay Gundogan, Rodri, Rodri, Fernandinho, and he's not being played centre back. There's a lot ahead of him. Mm. He's played in three years, 63 games across all competitions. 10, 26, 27. So he's, argue- so he's going to play more than 27 this season. Mm. So it's heading in the right direction. He's learned under arguably two of the greatest ever Premier League players in David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. And they don't have to buy a replacement for David Silva now. No, they don't. They just go, you're out, you're in. And yes, they've quote unquote struck lucky with him come through the academy but so does anyone who comes through the academy that's That's how the academy works if Phil Foden goes on to be as influential as Marcus Rashford is not necessarily in goal scoring but coming through an academy Mm. and making a mark I don't you know I don't see them getting the same praise I think well they should have done it sooner that's what I can see happening I might be wrong I'm not trying to be pessimistic but I think City won't get the the praise for that because it would just be oh well he could have come through sooner if uh, you know he hadn't spent all that money on blah 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 and blah blah blah. The time and everything in football, isn't it? David Silva's getting to the, the top of the hill, as it were. Um, he's, and he's obviously leaving Man City. Phil Foden is, is chomping at the bit. He's what 20 years of age now. He, well, this is the thing. Just coming in. Imagine if he, he could stay at City for the next decade, he could go wherever he wanted. He might, if he keeps his head down and keeps playing his ears and he's learnt under the best and he listens to Pep while Pep's at City, mm. he could have a fantastic career. I, I, I think he could be a lot better than players like Deli Alley. Um, yeah. I think people like Phil Foden and James people Madison. Don't rate, and, by the way, Deli Alley. Don't rate him. I, I don't rate him. The um, yeah, James Madison, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, uh, Mason Mount. Uh, you know, that 
Cre- yeah, yeah, James Madison. Todd the, Campwell. Todd Campwell. Creative English players that... Um, Ross Barkley? No, sorry. I went too far. Carry on. No. The... Um, yeah, I think it was just it was quite it was quite a nice mm. uh, end to the game. Him coming on and getting a goal. Mm. Yeah, super meant to him as well. There's no fans there, but super it meant to no. him as a city man, as yeah. a young man coming off the bench to score a goal means the world. I mean, to score for your own team must be fantastic, but to be in a side littered with David Silva's, Bernardo Silva's, Kevin De Bruyne, Sergio Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, Mares, Sterling, to be in that forward thinking setup and to get your name on a score sheet, he must look around and think. I've done all right there. And, and by the way, it's not a tap-in and it's not a scoff. It's the best goal of the night. Yeah, yeah it's at the post to come back at another oh. angle. He's got one chance. He's it's picked the spot and he's hit yeah. it perfectly. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. great goal. It's very, yeah. easy. it's very easy for football fans to sit there at home who, who have watched football for 10, 20, 30 years and seen goal after goal after goal and think, yeah, all right, well, you know, the keeper wasn't really in place and, you know, he's just placed it there. should be scoring there. Very easy to say he should be scoring there. You try and do it. Yeah. Obviously, the pen's the pen. The Sterling goal as well yeah. is a good goal. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it was an entertaining game. Mm. Mark David Luiz helped. Yeah. I think it told a lot about both. Oh, that was it. Obviously, we've got to mention it. Um, Edison punches Eric Garcia in the grid. Um, Who was in the right? <laughs> maybe, maybe, no, 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 maybe I've asked that question wrong. I even know. Was, Ed, was, was Edison wrong? in how that happened. Right. He's outside. Do you know what the thing I don't get is? He's outside the box. Mm. And... He headed like, is he, Edison. Was, is he trying to... I don't know. He's, he's, he was holding his hand. I thought Edison had done his wrist in as well. Um, I've just brought it up here at the time of recording. Yeah, he's con- he's conscious, but he, he's, he's stable. But... Yeah. I, I think... Watching it real time, Edison absolutely flattened them. And Edison always comes out, as we all know. Sadio um, Mane. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in both incidents, Sadio Mane and Eric Garcia, I still think Edison's done what was right. He's come out, he's cleared the ball. All right, he's cleared it's unfortunate. a man out on, on that, both occasions. But yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. It's, it's an accident. There's no premeditation. No, no, no. It happens happens with Edison more than other keepers because he plays 20 yards further forward than other goalkeepers. He reads the game differently to other goalkeepers. He plays like an off field player. He's almost a sweeper. I know we've, there's been a lot said about sweeper keeper and man one and all that jazz. But it is an actual position. You know, you put a tagline on it as much as you want. He, he plays the game differently to other keepers. He's come out, he's cleared the ball, he's done his job. If he comes out and he doesn't clear that ball and, and it goes over Garcia's head and they get in, he's failed. Yeah, it's unfortunate, and obviously our best wishes go to Eric Garcia in his recovery, um, and hope that it's a swift one. But well, that's the thing: is the time of recording Thursday late morning. Uh, there's yeah. no update. I've, I've not no seen anything. But yeah, it, it looks a bad injury, and, and you know, yeah. yeah, we hope he's all right. But equally, I would want Edison, if I was the coach, to deal with that instance. How well, he dealt the, with it. The, Just the way the way he was out cold, it, it reminded me of when Terry got kicked by um, I think it was Diaby in the do you remember the League Cup final, and he yeah. was just. Boom. I mean, Terry so swallowed. Terry threw his head in. Yeah, Terry, sw- Terry swallowed his tongue. Yeah, again, it's not Diaby's booted Terry on purpose. No, Terry's no. head's down there. I think it's Diaby. Yeah. And um, Terry swallows his tongue. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. And just the way he was just lying there and the way they, how long they took him to get him off the pitch with the, the backboard and the. Yeah, yeah. Everything it, we it, were thinking. It was grim. You know, it was 11 it, minutes added on. 
Yeah, they, you're sure. thinking the way they're looking at it is that a, a spinal injury? You have motion, isn't it? That's the they've got thing to. They do. Yeah, they've got to. They've got especially, to the neck and head, and especially in this climate. Yeah, we're currently living in. But yeah, obviously, like we said, best wishes to him. But uh, yeah, the, uh, the Premier League's back. It is so some Friday night. Games, some interesting events, some technology issues. But yeah, Friday's when it's on next. Well, who have we got coming up? We've got Norwich against Southampton at six o'clock. Nice and game. And then Spurs against Man United at quarter past eight. That That's could be a good game. So that first game could save, could clear Southampton. Yes. And could all effectively all put all another all nail in. Norwich. So that could be a game that goes right. We know that's done. Quickly touching on Southampton, uh, stripped Pierre-Emerick Hoiberg of the captaincy yesterday after he said he wants a bigger challenge. Don't blame the club. You know, if you're going to come out and say it, don't be saying it until you're done. I know, I know. It's it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? You want, as, as, a, as an outsider, as, as a non-Southampton fan, I respect him coming out and saying, I want a bigger challenge. You know, he came through... Um, he was at Bayern. Barcelona. Bayern, Bayern. He was supposed Bayern. to be the next big thing. <clears throat> he was meant to be the next big thing. He's cut his teeth there. He's, he's had to move to the Premier League to get more minutes. He's gone to Southampton. He's done really well at Southampton. He's a, he's a quality player. He looks like looks like a, a six all day. Everton have been linked with him. Um, Carlo was a, apparently a huge fan of him. Um, was well, he I'm at Bayern when well, Carlo was there? I, I think don't that's know. Where the links come from. I'd have to look up. I, I was just, I was just thinking. I think Carlo's, fantastic Carlo's come out and somebody, somebody from somewhere in Everton said, "Oh, Hoiberg's the number one." Arsenal. Target. Arsenal. I, I get him at Arsenal. Ahead uh, of Guendouzi. I think you could play uh, Hoiberg in the six, and I think you could play Guendouzi in the eight. You could double probably pivot. Could, yeah. Yeah, you know I mean, but like, yeah. yeah but I think I think well, Hoiberg is, is a good player. What is he? 23, 24? I think he's getting a little bit older now. I think he's I think Let's he's one of the that's been around forever. I'll look it up. You Let's keep going. Okay. Um so yeah, um stripping him of the captaincy, I get it. From a club point of view, you've got to safeguard your club and you, you want you want to put the captaincy on somebody who cares and somebody who's who sees their future there, but who are you gonna give it to? Being realistic. Um War Prowse probably. But again, yeah. Yeah, James Ward-Prowse, again, I see is playing above a level of Southampton, and I know I'm paying them no respect here. What's I'm, I'm saying this for? I've always... Go on. Sorry, I was going to say, I was convinced he was the next one on the Liverpool uh, conveyor belt. Well, I was just going to say, I've always seen Southampton as a selling <laughs> club anyway. Yeah. Um, somewhere where players go to get minutes and get under the belt, and then eventually they move on. Hoiberg's 24, so yeah. Ah, oh, sweet, okay. Ah, oh, I was right. That's uh, right. Um, back to bed. I've peaked. So, yeah, I know, yeah. So, um, Hoiberg's been stripped to the captaincy. Pedro's apparently going to leave. Ryan Fraser's been confirmed as leaving. That's awkward. Want to get into it quickly? Yeah, we'll do that one day quickly. <clears throat> Ryan Fraser's contract's up at the end of the season and he's refused to sign a short-term deal to get over this mini, mini restart season that we're doing. So, he's like, yeah, as soon as the 30th hits, Fraser out. Um, he was linked with Arsenal, funny enough, in January. But this bid never came. Now, I don't well, know whether yeah. that's because Arsenal are waiting and just going to get him on a free um, or not. But, uh, uh, for example, his name got popped around Twitter yesterday from a few Evertonians. Oh, Ryan Fraser on free, what do you reckon? Uh, a lot of people refer to him as the Scottish Bernard, which is Um Bernard's okay, but he's flashing the pan. He's great one minute, he's shite the next. Ryan Fraser, roughly the same. I don't know. He's nice and quick. He's direct. He, he can get goals. He can get assists. I like his work rate, personally. Um, he covers space well. 
He doesn't mind tracking back. He's he's always playing in pockets of space as well. He never gets man marked, which I like about him. So worth the risk for someone looking to take the next step, definitely. I think he's gone down the similar route of is it Lyle Taylor? Uh, Charlton, is it Taylor, was it? We spoke about him. Obviously, okay. quick update on that for those of you that have been listening. When we were speaking about him and we said that there was rumours of another offer coming in. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he's spoken to a lot of top teams in the Prem and what was the Turkish team that offered to, like, to quadruple his wages or something. So, yeah. you know. Now you I understand he... why he won't play for Charlton and risk that free move. He, he can't. can't. And I can't. I can't sit here and say he made the right decision and then sit there and say Ryan Fraser is making the wrong decision when Ryan Fraser could get injured in these nine games and then Tottenham, Arsenal, Everton, Chelsea, Leicester, whoever goes tonight. I'm interested. And then he's like, great, well, I'll just get fit on my own with no club and then hope somebody gets me. Now, I think Bournemouth would re-sign him. Yeah, but, what, but, but why would he go back but, to Bournemouth? But exactly, I think that... Well, he's um, got dreams of playing in a stadium with more than 11,000 fans and fair play to him. We're having an episode off. Um, the, <laughs> we're thought we were. The, um, just let me bring up Griezmann for the uh, the hat trick. Um, dead quick. Uh, Chelsea got linked to Ronaldo for 120 million. Um, it's obviously not going to happen. Uh, me and you disagreed. Uh, I think it'd be a waste of time. How could you ever sit there and say, I don't want Cristiano Ronaldo in my I, I if we signed Cristiano, let, let's play um, hypotheticals here. We sign him for 120 mil. Mm-hmm. We make that back in a day from shirt sales and uh, other things. Probably make more money. Um, we've got to pay his wages for at least a year. Um, where does he play? Up front, out wide. Anybody wants? Yeah, well, granted. But then you've got to stump the growth of Tammy Abraham. You've just signed Timo Werner. You've got Ziyech. You've got uh, Pulisic, you've got Hudson Adoy. They're kind of your like up and comers, Mason Mount, whatever you want to call it up front. Uh, anyone else they sign? Four is what effectively is a marketing. The only reason you would sign it is a marketing ploy. That's okay. I don't like because there's a reason he's in Italy now. Let's put it that way. It's a smart move. I don't knock the move, but there's a reason he's there now. So I'm not weird. saying I'm not saying he. Yeah, but he's playing in the worst league that he's ever played in. He went from the best, yeah. But that if you if you kick off the top at, in the Premier League, yeah. Then he goes to Real Madrid, then he goes to um, Italy, yeah. and then he ends up at PSG or something, or at the MLS or Qatar. Like, let's yeah, be real. There's one, one more trip here, them. and it's a drop down again for more money, and it's not. Cool. There's no point. There's actually literally no point in them signing Ronaldo. I, I don't get me wrong. If he came in, I'd go, "Wow, one of the greatest players." It was a, ever played it was the a game. silly story. We, yeah, it's we obviously about this. However, I would always want to sign him. I would always look and think, "Well, we're going to make it on shared sales." Um, and if you're serious about pushing for the Premier League next season with signing Werner and Ziyech and the base that you've already got there, he could be that catalyst to carry if, you up that line. No. If he wins you the Premier League and goes right that to me, and now I'm off the MLS, you go, "Yes, sign, nice one, Cristiano." That one season. If he came into Everton, yeah, and, and he plays up front, and yeah. it's like. Calvert Lewin get on the bench, stump for a year. Yeah, how would you feel? I'd be all right with that because it's Cristiano Ronaldo. He's one of the. You wouldn't be asked if they were like Calvert Lewin. Uh, cheers, mate. You were making some good progress last year, but you're going to sit on the bench for a year. And he but goes, what? No, no, two no, no. years. What? No, he's not going to sit on the bench for the whole year, is he? Yeah, but he's not going to play as much as he would this year. He might play 38 games next year. Might play with him, move Richarlison wide. 
but then you move you're accommodating mm. you're accommodating one, a... one of the top two footballers one of the best footballers ever and certainly one of the best of our generation for me, for me he doesn't fit into any Premier League team having a plan I don't think he fits a, into he's any a, he's a short term plan he's a Arsenal there's could n- get him yeah, but and he, no- he would elevate Arsenal by about 20 points a season because there's nothing. Games. There's nothing long term and financially secure. You'd make a lot of money out of my note, but like, like a lot of money I don't, that but, pays for them, and then you can reinvest that money see, that you spent on them, which you got back next year on whatever you wanted. See, Real Madrid have had the best of him, and they yes. sold him for. If you remove inflation, for if you yeah, if you remove inflation, they've made a profit on him on the yeah. transfer market. Yeah, quote unquote, but. It makes sense for him to be at Juve because it bigs up the Italian league. It bigs up Juventus's profile. Um, he can he can actually play consistently. He can play well, um, even though they lost the Coppa Italia final to Napoli on penalties um, on Wednesday night, um, which I'm sure will go down well with uh, Ronaldo and Sarri and the board and the fans. Do you know that's the first uh, time Ronaldo's lost back-to-back finals as a player? What was the other final? I don't know. I just seen the stat this morning. I just thought to put it out there. Then you put it on my toes. And made me look a bit. Thanks for that. Was it the Super Cup? Don't even speak to me. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I can't remember to be honest. I seen the stats and just thought I'll remember that, but I was half asleep. But um, yeah, apparently it's the first time he's ever lost back-to-back finals as a player. Mad bad, wow. isn't it? I'm sorry. I'm shocked. Yeah, Ronaldo wouldn't bother. Let me know your. Fair enough. You're your opinion. And um. The quick one, I want to touch on it, the Champions League. Mm. Uh, the um, For those of you who don't know, the Champions League, like we touched on at the start, is taking place in the middle of August. They're going to wrap up the rest of the last 16s. For example, um, City are playing Real and uh, Chelsea are playing Bayern. Chelsea are obviously 3-0 down. So that's kind of said and done. But, you know, the year we won it, came back against Napoli, so you never know. Um, they'll confirm whether they get played... Uh, at the team stadium, like whether we're going to Munich or if they're going to take place in Portugal. Uh, Portugal, which is still a hotbed for coronavirus, but this is in August. So hopefully the borders will be open. The plan is across two stadiums across um, a, a week, we will wrap up the Champions League. The draw will be in July, middle yeah. of July, but the quarterfinals and the semifinals will change from two legs to one leg. Um, the games will be back to back on days. And then there's a couple of days rest. Final on the 23rd. Box that off. Next season starts in October. Um, go along as normal. How do you feel about them dropping it from two legs to one leg? What about the integrity of the competition? I know. Why? Why? Why are changing rules midway it's through like, the season? To fit, so ironic, isn't it? Fits in, but it is. I'll, it is, I'll be honest. I, I'll be honest. I'm not asked at this point. Um, I'm. I'm feeling a little bit lost with it and um, am I glad that football's back yeah of course I am a football fan I like watching football that, that's my personal taste um, do I want it back like this I'd rather rather wait just the Champions League no one's asked about just just leave it do you know what I mean it is just, it is. just let it just let it go it's it's, it, it's not you know needed what? it's not your domestic it's not going to set anything up it's just the Champions well, I'll tell you what fairest way to do it is who, who was Champions League winner last year Liverpool and who beat them this year no, to knock them out? No, don't start. Who beat them this year to knock them out? Who beat them? Oh, you can't even answer uh, the question. Athletico Madrid. 
So just get down there. No, that, no. The, um, look, whoever wins it is going to be overjoyed. And everyone else who doesn't is going to go, well, it's not a I hope it's Atletico Madrid now, just to prove a point. I like Atletico Madrid. Um, but um, the, yeah, whoever else wins it is going to have, oh, it wasn't a real one because you only had to play once. And you're right about integrity. It's ironic. Again, look, the whole, the whole look, thing. If Chelsea make it through Bayern and can mm-hmm. somehow win three games and win a Champions League, you'll be damn sure I'll be saying it's a real one. But, um, but it if feel it, real and you'll know it won't feel yeah, real. Yeah, but you think I'm going to be in the slightest bit asked. The, um, but yeah, look, whoever's win it's going to win it. I think it's interesting. It's different. It's like a mini World Cup, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, we'll see. That'll wrap it up. But then, it, yeah, it's looking like back end of August, we're going to box off this season. And then we're going to be looking at September, October time for kicking off next season. And we're going to have to just play catch up for the next few years. Fans coming back in the stadium, January maybe. I'll go now. Just give me a hazmat suit. You're being irresponsible. The, um... I'm being a hazmat suit. I'm not, <laughs> not touching anyone. Look, look the, uh, I think the biggest news we've got to end on. The biggest news, unless there's it's anything not, else you can so cover. It's not so don't. This is the biggest news. You don't it's know what I'm so going to say. You don't think you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say do, they, go on. they can't win the league at Goodison. Hey. Hey. That is the biggest news. It is. Come me. on, this would have been a completely different episode if Arsenal had won 2-0 last night and you're sat here just on edge until Sunday. Just oh, I wouldn't have been. I'd have found it sick. I'd have found it sick. I'd have been like, nah, do your own show. Welcome Get to lost. Two Men Rambling, the solo episode. <laughs> David's at home crying. David's pissed. Um, yeah, look, I think that's just a nice little... <laughs> no one wanted that. No, 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 no. No, they didn't. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, like you said, we've got um, Norwich, Southampton and then Man United, Tottenham. Yeah, and, and then a load of games Saturday. Championships back Saturday as well. Championships back. Playoffs are today at the time of recording in the League Two. So yes. check them out if you're interested. Um, oh, but definitely yeah, check them out. Check them out. So yeah, football's back. It was interesting. Um, a few bits and bobs. But uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll have more to say next week when uh, yeah everyone will have played another game. They'll obviously some will have played more than one. But yeah, everyone will have played a game by then. Yeah, it will be interesting. Football's right. back, so we've got things to talk about. We had things anyway, didn't we? Let's be honest. Well, that's the thing. I, do you know what? I want to quickly say before we go. Um, episode 10 for us now. Thank you to everyone yeah. listened so far. Um, it's just nice. You know, it's just something we wanted to do. And it's nice to see, you know, across the 10 episodes, I think we've had something over 400 listens now, which is, I don't know about you, way more than I thought we'd get early, early doors. So it's nice to see. So thank you yeah. for taking your time to listen to us ramble on 398 new emails i've had to open new email addresses and 398 listens but yeah you're welcome jack don't worry it's, uh, no it's nice it's, it's 10 episodes in it feels like it feels more fluid for us now i don't know what your experience of it's been like. i mean i was nervous as hell to start with i mean we always spoke about yeah, it um, oh we should do a podcast because all we do is chat shit all day about football and work and um, now we get to chat shit on a thursday about football um while we're not in work which seems a little bit better. But yeah, 10 episodes in is a little bit of a milestone. Um, I just hope we're here for 100 episodes. Um, you know, you've just got to... Oh, I have no doubt. Got to cut out these nonsense shouts of yours. Not <laughs> winning leagues and... I mean, just think, just, just think we're, we're going to be... I don't see this stopping. We're going to capture those moments when you win your first FA Cup under Carlo and we win the Champions League under Frank. You'll have four kids by then, means. 
Oh, God. <laughs> just in the background of the podcast, just, yeah, just crying and shouting shit. For God's sake, Sebastian, keep the noise down. I'm not calling me kids. Crystal? Crystal? <laughs> the children again. Jean-Claude, come here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um... Yeah, so yeah, I just wanted to quickly end on that. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone that's listened so far and here's to, you know, oh, 10 more, it. 90 yeah. more, whatever we end up with. Whatever we get to, yeah. We'll keep going. So yeah, uh, as always, Twitter at two men rambling dot, uh, nope, nope, not dot com. That's not how Twitter works. Um, Twitter at two men rambling, uh, Gmail, two men rambling at gmail.com. We're available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, all your favorite podcast services. Thanks very much, guys. Jack, keep yourself safe, keep yourself well. Um, and let's hope Bournemouth go down this season. Yeah. See you later, guys. Jesus Christ. Guys, enjoy your weekend <laughs> of football. See you next week. Bye bye.